Welcome to our podcast. We serve a God that has no limits and hope today's message will encourage you to live limitless in love, faith, and hope. Make sure to take notes and don't forget to share this podcast. I want to read to you out of 1 John chapter 5. If you have your Bible, open your, your scripture with me. 1 John chapter 5, I want to read verse 4. The word of God states, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. Somebody say the victory. It says this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. I believe God is looking for people today that believe in a God that has no limits. Somebody say with me, no limits. A God that will do beyond what you can do. It doesn't depend on what we can do, but we depend on Him. How many of you know that God does not depend on us, but we depend on Him? And He has everything that you need in Jesus. Close your eyes with me. Let's pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Father, there is no one like you. Your love overwhelms us. Your, your mercy over our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you will bring life into every heart that's here that your word will bring direction and revelation of who you are will you use my lips anything that's not yours right now we cancel it i thank you god for new beginnings in jesus name somebody say amen Amen. he calls me out daddy daddy i look back i see this kid flying daddy daddy all i can do is just turn around and catch him he's about two and a half years old my son santiago i barely catch him i go get the pasa loco what's wrong with you i put him on the floor as soon as i do that he goes running back the stairs in the house goes higher and he's like here i go daddy stop it my wife comes in see what you teach him see what you teach him look what he's doing because you tell him to do that come on you know what i'm talking about and i'm like i didn't teach him to do this he just started doing it by himself in fact stand right there and i go up to the stairs here i go you know listen why would he throw himself to me i believe god is steering this in the church now can you trust him can you have a faith that has no limits See, I, I believe my son will go up, and I probably did that for about 20 minutes until I couldn't do it anymore. He kept on going up. He kept on jumping. kept going up. Just one more higher. Can I just one more step, Dad? Can I just go a little bit higher? Uh, and I realized this. In our spirit, God wants to take us higher. Somebody say with me, higher. But I have to be willing to jump. I have to be willing to jump. I have to believe that he's going to catch me. And some of us, because there's been people that have hurt us some of us because there's been churches because there's been family because there's been situations and relationships that have marked us we stop jumping i want to remind you today that who's catching you is the lord the one that holds the whole world in his hands and he will not leave you nor forsake you you will not die this is for somebody today your business will not die it will live but God has promised in your life will not end where you see it. As we walk into what he's calling us to do, this is a new season, church. This is a new season. We've been, we've been in off season. Off season has worked us hard. <laughs> off season has, man, why am I stretching so much? Why, why do I have to keep running? Why do I have to give the extra mile? Because you're getting ready for the season that's about to begin. In 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17, there's a story that I want us to study together. 
First Kings chapter 17, verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Sedephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. So I have commanded, listen to this, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Sedephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Verse 11. And as he was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a, a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Listen to this. I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. I don't have bread, but I have what it takes to make bread. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. Somebody say with me, God first. Make for me first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, believe this church today. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Can you believe that for you today? It will not cease the provision of God over you. And then verse 15 says, so, so he went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and, her, and, her, and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. They're in a drought and the prophet comes. God says, I want you to go to the widow. He doesn't say, go to the, go, go to the person that has a lot. <laughs> he doesn't say, go to the rich. He says, go to who? The widow. I want you to get this. God is not afraid of your lack. He's not afraid of your shortcomings. He doesn't see your mistakes and, say, and disqualifies you. He doesn't see your weakness as a place for you to hide. In fact, what he sees is an opportunity for him to show his might. And that situation that we go through and we say, man, this is a drought. Uh, this, uh, my relationship is not changing. What's happening at work is not changing. I mean, gas prices just keep going up. Like this, you know, when you see that, the Bible says, lift your eyes to heaven for your salvation's coming. It's a perfect time to see the hand of God. How many of you have seen the hand of God in the worst places in your life? In the worst situations in your life? And the prophet goes to the widow and says, I want you to give me water. They're in a drought and he asks for water. Has God ever asked you to do something right when you're about to be an empty? Go love. Go forgive. And you're like, I'm done with this person. Uh, I want you to go and, and share what you have. <laughs> I barely have enough. I, I've learned something. Many times when we say we don't have anymore, what God is saying, give it all. Give it all. Because see, what happens is that when we have enough or we think we have enough, we depend on ourselves. Come on, can we be honest? We, we, have, a, we have an ego problem. 
we have a pride problem. You know, I have enough, so I don't need to, I don't need to ask anybody to give me, but I also, I can be independent enough that I don't give to anybody. That's a scary place. You walk out of love. You're not walking in Jesus anymore. You're expecting people to give you because you think you're in lack. And Jesus is saying, if you will give out of your lack. It's easy to give out of abundance, right? You know, when I have leftover, you know, you know, I grew up in a household of five. Literally, my mom would say, food is ready, and we will all be running down the stairs. I boy, ma! I boy, I boy! I'll be running because I knew if I got there late, I wasn't going to get the good piece of chicken, man. I always like to get, you know, I like to get the, um, how, do you, how do you say? Mi amor, se me fue la palabra, ayúdame. La patita, hombre, ¿cómo se? Drumstick, thank you so much. That's why I have her. Um, and... Uh, I remember I will, I will fight for it, and I will get there, and they always just give me the little chicken wing. And I, I've learned, listen to this, I've learned this mentality of scarcity that I started praying that way. God, just give me the chicken wing. God, I, I, I've learned that so much in my life that it was like, this is all I have. I can't give it. If I give it, I'm going to die. But the problem was that I was already living as if I was dying instead of living out of a resource that comes from heaven that never ends, that has so much more than what I could have. Say with me, no limits. It's not based on what I can do. What I can have is based on what he has. And this applies to every area of your life, your finances, your relationships, your spiritual walk. Some of you are like, man, I'm in this dry place in my spirit, and I've been going to church, but I just, I can see, I can, everybody feels the presence of God, but I don't feel the presence of God. Look at me, please. It's because you come to church to see what God can give you instead of coming to church to worship. If you would just change that and say, God, even though today I don't feel like worship, come on, can we be real? Like, God, like today, I, it was hard for me to wake up. It was hard for me to get ready. I mean, the family didn't even want to go to church. We were fighting in the car. I don't know what's happening in your life. But you, as soon as you step into the house of God, you say, God, I, I give you sacrifice of worship. Say with me, God first. To put God first is to come to church on Sunday. Somebody say amen. To put God first is to have a devotional time with God every day. To I put him in, in, in the first place. To put God first is that I don't do what others do because I represent him well. Because I'm salt and light everywhere I go. Not just on Sunday morning. To put God first is, I need you to get this in your spirit. It's not just coming to church. To put God first is say, God, everything I have, you're going to be first in my life. I give you first. That's the reason I put God first in my finances. That's the reason I put God first in my time. That's the reason I bring my best to God. I don't give Him leftovers. Can I tell you, many of us are used to eating leftovers, and that's what we offer God. I don't know what happened in your family. I, feel, I really feel this strong in my spirit this morning. I don't know what happened with your parents. I don't know what they stole from you. I don't know what happened between your siblings. I feel there was a robbery. Something that was yours. The inheritance that God has is enough for all of us. You're not in competition. Come on. I don't have to go and thrive to make sure I get the drumstick. <laughs> he has plentiful. In Mark chapter 8, the Word of God states like this. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. For whoever desires to save his life, what happens? You'll lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels 
will save it. Whoever says, I'm going to be somebody that gives, I'm going to be somebody that's generous, whoever loves even when people reject you. Come on, I, I think this is, this is where God wants to take this because I believe some of you have been rejected. And rejection, you say, I really want to serve God now, and they say, you're not good enough. Uh, I really want to, you know, give what God has given me. Say, mm, that's not what we're looking for. Come on, somebody. I want you to get this. You are enough in Christ. You have enough in Christ. But what, if I give it, Pastor, they're going to see that I only have a little bit, so I hide it. And God's looking for people that put God first and for people that give sacrificially. Sacrifice, bringing, bringing sacrifice to the altar is what brings the presence of God down. If I don't bring sacrifice to the altar, the presence of God won't come down. I have to present it. It has to cost me. Tell the person next to you, it's going to cost you. See, I, I, I need you to understand this. Many of us are like this, you know. This is me, uh, you know, uh, Friday night, movie night. This is, uh, I, like, I, I like Pringles and I like uh, sabritones. Come on, somebody. I put lemon in everything. I put Valentina. I put everything. You know, that's just me. Tajin, I, this is the way I do it. But the reason I like these is because I can close them up. I, I, see, if I open my chips, then all of a sudden I have kids. I didn't have kids until I opened the chips. As soon as I do that, they're right next to me and we're watching, you know. You know, I don't know, whatever movie it is that, that they like to see now. There's so many, uh, so many Avengers. I think we watched like 10. I don't know how, you know, this is the sequel. No, no, this is the sequel, you know. We're watching and we're there waiting. I like these because this is what I do. They say, Dad, can I have one? Sure. Come on. You said what? I don't do this. Come on, somebody. You know why I don't do this? Because it's going to finish. This, this, this is a scarcity mentality. Uh, our economists think like this. They think according to what we have. As if anything that we have has ever come from us. See, the way God thinks, God is a farmer. That is a farmer, and, and it looks like this, you know, he has plentiful. He has what produces what you're giving. And he gives you an abundance. He says, do not give according to what you have. Do not love according to how much you can take. Do not forgive according to what people do to you. Start forgiving and giving according to what I have. I have no limits. Somebody say with me, no limits. I have supernatural provision for you. It doesn't matter what happened to you. It doesn't matter what marked you. I'm here to heal you. But I need you to understand what your source is. See, the problem is we think our source is what we have. And can I tell you, church, if what we're living off is what we have, we're never going to be satisfied. You're going to run an empty. And you're going to get to this place as she does. And she says, I just want to cook so we can die. Isn't it amazing that when the prophet says, I want you to bring me water and bring me a piece of bread. Her answer is, I want you to look at me on this. Her answer is, I don't have bread, but I have the supplies to make the bread. Somebody say, I have what it takes. Wow, you didn't, you didn't get that. The Bible, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this week. He said, everything you need is already in the house. Come on, somebody, receive that. Everything you need is already in the house. Everything you're looking for, listen, it's, it's closer to you than you think. God has already equipped you. The issue here is not that you don't have to give. The issue here is that you haven't baked with what God has given you. 
You haven't multiplied it. You kept it for yourself. You said, you know what? It's because these are my limits. Have you ever been in a place in which you say, I can do that? I remember, I remember when, when God was calling us into a place of generosity. I told my wife, listen, um, I know, you know, we're going into construction. I know uh, there's different things happening at church. I, I know that there's this need in the schools. I know we're doing this in the orphanage, but right now we can't give. And she says, that's exactly what we got to give. Have you ever looked at your wife and said, get behind me, Satan? No? Anybody? Hey, Jesus did it with Peter. Come on. Some of you guys are like, what, pastor? Hey, Jesus did it. I, I don't even have to say it. I just say, look at what scripture says, my love. And she's like, no, no, no. You get behind me, Satan. Because you're putting yourself, you only think about making treasures on earth instead of making treasures on heaven. See, no limits is living from heaven's provision, not from my provision. He has a farm filled of everything that you're looking for. Everything that people are, some of you guys, listen, men in the house, God has been demanding more from you. Your husband, your wife has been demanding more from you. Your kids are demanding more from you. You say, but I don't have that. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I'm here to tell you. He has given you a supply to go ahead and feed those that are in need. Your kids need you. Your wife needs you. Some of you are saying, but I'm not, good of a, I'm not a good father. I'm not a good husband. I remember, you know, some people will tell me this in counseling. Well, pastor, it's because uh, I'm just not good with my words. Or they'll say, well, it's because pastor, you know, it's just I wasn't taught that. I said learn. Well, it's because pastor, you know, I, 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 you know, my parents, they had their checking account and then their checking account and it was separate. You know, I never saw that at home. I said, but you see it in Jesus. When I stop living out of my limits, say with me, no limits. There's something that happens inside of me when, when I start forgiving, not because people deserve it. Can, can, I want to set some people free right here. When you forgive, you're not saying that what they did is right. Wives, look at me for a minute. You forgiving doesn't mean what you did was right. Forgiveness is saying, I'm taking what heaven has. I'm no longer taking what I have. I'm taking what heaven has. In Mark chapter 9, scripture says, Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, somebody say with me, all things. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, I need you to get this story in, in Mark chapter 9. You can study it. A father brings his son to Jesus, a son that's been tormented, a son that cannot speak and cannot, cannot hear. The disciples tried to pray for him to be delivered and they couldn't deliver him. So the, the, the father is, uh, is completely in, a, in, a, in loss. He's in a place uh, of turmoil. He doesn't know what to do. And Jesus steps in and says, if you believe, somebody say with me, all things. What he's saying is, if you can believe according to what my resources, not according to what you see in other people do. Uh, I know some of you are saying, man, I know, I feel in the spirit. God's calling me to do more, but I don't know if I can really rebuke demons. He, that, but Jesus tells the disciples, because of your unbelief, because you keep on putting a cap, you think it's you doing this. You think it's you. You think it's your talent. You think it's what you have. You think it's what you saw in somebody else. This is all generation, faithless generation. Everybody, the crowd comes in because you see this demon-possessed person starts acting out. And, and uh, the, the, the father says, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> and I love Jesus because he doesn't say, oh, you don't have enough faith. 
you go out of the way. He says, if you only have faith as small as a mustard seed, you said, I believe, even though you said, help my unbelief, I'll help you. I'll give you the faith. I'll give you what you need. I'll give you the desire. I'll change your desires. I'll give you hope. I'll give you faith. It doesn't depend on you. I'll give it to you. But all you have to say is, God, here's my son. Here's my problem. Here's my trauma. Here's the situation I don't know how to change. You sacrificially, what he's doing is sacrificially presenting his son. What she's doing is sacrificially giving. It says, if you will give me first, then you will have provision for you and for your family. And take this out. She was just thinking about her and her son. It says that, that her household, the blessing of God over you is pouring out to your mom. They don't, even, they don't even see it. It's pouring out to your children. But somebody has to step and say, God, I believe that you have no limits. Stand with me today. A couple of weeks ago, Tell Santiago, he's 12 years old now. He's coming down the stairs. Brincale. Jump. He's like, ah. 110 pounds now. You know? What, bro? Did you see those gains? My wife's looking at me laughing. <laughs> oh, ye of a little faith. Hey, when you were a kid, you used to jump all the time. When you didn't have anything, you will give me everything. You will serve me with everything. Now you have a title. Now that you have what I, you prayed for. Now that I've opened doors for you, go back to your calling. Go back to the calling of God in your life. Go back to your calling. Go, go back to the love in your marriage. Go back to hugging your kids. Go back to fighting for your family. Go back to serving in church. The calling is not what you do. The calling is on people that you need to touch. On people that you need to bring. There's a heart of the Father in this house saying, I'm hurting for people that are hurting. And I need people to rise up to the call. I don't need you to be super gifted. I just need you to believe that, believe that I have no limits. And I can't pour out my spirit upon you. There where you are with your eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've been, I've been in a place that feels like a drought. And I know God's been demanding more. He's been asking more. I've been afraid to give it. I've been afraid to give it. I, I just, there's a battle in my spirit. I can see people fighting right now. I feel that if I give it, I'm going to die. I feel that if I give it, some of you have even been struggling with suicidal thoughts. The battle is for the destiny that God has placed on you. If that's you, if you today you say, maybe pastor, not only is it, this that battle, but maybe you say, I need to put God first. I haven't put God first. I need to put him first. Can I invite you to come up to the altar? This is for the brave. Can I invite you to take a minute and say, God, sacrificial giving, bring his presence down. If that's you today, I want to give you a moment. I want to give you a space. Come up to the altar right now as we worship. 
Church, lift up your hands to heaven. If you need prayer, come up to the altar. I want to pray with you. And church, let's lift up our hands to heaven and believe today. God, I thank you, Lord, for the call over our lives. I see people that have callings that have been on hold. I see people that have, been on, have callings that have been on hold. And you think it's already dead. This is going to die. It's, and, and it's, not, it's not for me anymore. God's saying, I called you. Come on, come up to the altar. Present yourself before God. This is your moment. This is a time that got set apart today to be with you as we worship together. Thank you for tuning in. We want to remind you that you are the salt and light of this world. So if you enjoyed today's message, share the podcast and help us spread the good news of Jesus.